Well, together we are going to look at the Lord's Prayer again. So let us pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Today, we are going to look at the phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is an ordering to the Lord's prayer, which simply stated has been said before, it's kind of God's priorities and then our priorities. So as we begin this, we address our father in heaven and then we make an appeal to God's priorities. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come and your will be done. Today, we're gonna really zero in on your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This reality of God having a will of his own, a will that really is independent of our will and the sense of God really does have opinions and he has plans. So a very simple statement when we think about the will of God is that in a short phrase, it's this statement, God has a plan. He is independent from us. He has a will of his own that is separated from our input into that will. He makes promises about his will that he is working all things in life throughout all of history after the counsel of his own will. And there's another point just for us to realize is that God thinks for himself, that he has a mind of his own and he accomplishes all that he has set out or ever planned ultimately to do. So built up in this phrase, your will be done is a lot. And there's things in it that really brush up against us and can make us uncomfortable ultimately about it. So Tim, I'd love to just hear you when you think about this phrase, your will be done, maybe why it's challenging. Yeah, I mean, as I read through it, I think, Almost everything else in the Lord's Prayer either makes complete sense or it's what I agree with. So if we think big about God, the fact that God's name would be renowned and he would be hallowed and he is the father, that's all good. And the fact that I get to the part of the prayer where I get to pray about my needs and my concerns, that seems natural and organic. The only phrase in this prayer that creates tension is when we have to pray, your will be done. And I think there's some reasons, I've thought about some reasons why it seems challenging at times. One of them is disappointment because the way he describes praying his will is as it is in heaven. Well, that's not the way it is here. As it is in heaven, isn't how it works. There's sickness, there's brokenness, there's crime, there's corruption, there's things that are just jacked up. And so one of the reasons why it's hard to pray is because you look around and it's nowhere anywhere like heaven. So that could be one. The other thing is maybe a dysfunction. These are all D words, so it's easy to remember. There's a dysfunction in us because I think the primary way to pray that prayer is adding two words to that phrase. Your will be done in me. And and there's a dysfunction in me because heaven isn't in me either. And there's, there's challenges in my own heart. I have so, all sorts of issues. And I think the third reason possibly why this is very difficult is because of disagreement, ultimately disagreement. And it fits with what you were saying to begin with. Um, God says in this passage that he has a will for my life, but I do too. And many times we disagree. 
And that's, that's the part where this is hard to pray. I know he's God and I know I'm supposed to think right about it, but the tension, the pull, when you feel it is you, you think differently. God is maybe clear. He's transparent about what he wants you to do or what he wants you to be. And, and our own little not living with our mind in heaven chooses a different direction, a different version of hope, a different whatever. So it's hard to wrestle that thought down, right? Because of the disappointment in the world, not being like, like heaven with the, the reality that there's a, there's a problem in me and, and there is a disagreement on what will, like who, who do we follow? And I think that presents the challenge, don't you? I totally do. I'm interested to hear you talk even about, <clears throat> it, it's this reality of the word that's big oftentimes when you think about it is sovereignty, this sense of God is in complete control. And there's a passage in Isaiah, Isaiah 46.10, where God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah and he says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand. He doesn't say, I hope my purpose stands. I wish my purpose would stand. He says, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. So I know you began to speak to it, but this reality of even when we look at the world of the COVID crisis in Ephesians 1.11, he works all things after the counsel of his will, or this sense of I will do all that I please and my purpose will stand. Somehow the integration of that with even our current circumstance is this is a part of the purpose of God. And that just feels, as you pray these things, maybe what conjures up this fear of, and maybe deep down it's this question of like, is God good? Can I trust him? That if I'm gonna pray your will be done, what would he do? You know, I've heard people a lot of times say when they pray, God, I wanna grow, or God, let your will be done, they immediately get nervous. Like, well, what if he wants to make me sick? Or what if he wants to take away a family member? Or what if he, and this fear immediately gets conjured up under this notion of, man, if God really is sovereign, I think the question that rests then is like, do I really trust him with that sovereignty? And is this the best prayer that I could pray? You know, there's, as I think about it, there are two particular ways to view the will of God or maybe two different types of will of God to kind of wrestle with. Many things that we care most about, God is not hiding his will. Jesus, salvation, atonement, redemption, like it is in black and white. It's printed on a page. Like this is the way I save and, and this is to whom I will look and this is the person I will rescue. And it's like, oh, that's the will of God. He's made it plain to us. But then there's this reality that he's sovereign over everything. And then when we see circumstances, whether it be something like the COVID-19 or, or whatever, and we can't figure out in our little human mind how this thing could equal something good that God is doing. The only thing you're left to do in the circumstances that haven't been written in a page is to fill in the blanks with the character of God because God will never jeopardize his character even in the unknown. So there's something solid under our ground all the time. I, might, I know that Jesus is the Savior and I can say the will of every man is to put their faith and trust in Jesus because there is no other name and there is no other way. Absolute, done. But I don't know precisely how God's using this issue of corona or any other issue, sickness or, or broken homes or whatever, but I know who God is and that he's good and he's a father. We started this whole conversation that he is our father. He is Abba to us and, and he's completely aware and he can take 
all the circumstances and all the people and all the names and all the stories and in time, in a, in a frame of time that we may play a part in and be outside of, he can work his will, his ultimate will through all those things. And I have no idea when it's happening, how, but it's true. This reality of the will of God and his glory, meaning the, the spreading out, the reality of his name is a phrase that was used already in this prayer, but his glory going out through his will. You just made this statement of almost like filling in the gaps of our questions with the character of God, which would mean if God's character is his goodness, it is his righteousness, it is the fact that he is justice, he is compassion. I think a lot about even the fruit of the Spirit. He's love, he's joy, he's peace, he's patience, he's kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. There are all these lists. If that's the character of God that fills in the gaps of our questions, then the most rested prayer I could pray is God, let your will be done. Because his will is the manifestation of all of that goodness on earth as it would be in heaven, in my the deepest parts of my life, in my family, to pray your will be done is a statement for all of us to say, you know things I don't know. You own the cattle on a thousand hills and you know the end from the beginning, as Isaiah 46 said. So there really is this resting place, but it's also a place of substantial surrender to pray your will be done. Yeah, and don't you think also included in kind of the human process of kind of getting ourselves to a good thought about God and his character is having an honest uh, a conversation about our own heart. Um, and this, this goes back to conversations we've had about humility. Like humility fundamentally is suspicion about your own thoughts, right? Suspicion about your own intentions. And it's interesting that when things get confusing, the person we're most suspicious about is what is God up to? Which is the opposite of the way we're supposed to respond. Like God is who he is. He is always good. He's holy. He's right. He can't do wrong. So that's a foundational principle. But our fear is truly questioning him. And so I think one of the exercises that would be good for us and we're dealing with your will be done is, is looking at our own heart, our own feelings and, go, and finding suspicion there. Like the doubts are here. Your, your idols are here. Your, your fears are based on these things. You're not thinking about the solid parts of God's character. You're thinking about your issues. And I, 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 it's not easy, I will tell you that, but it's certainly part of the process. Before you go and, and say, God, you are, you are, you are, you've got to look in the mirror and go, I am, I am, I am. And, you, and you're not him. And you are not thinking clearly. You've got all sorts of sinful reflections and all sorts of human reflections to the problem, which are part of what it is to be the creature is to not have all the answers and, and to kind of feel the little turmoil in your gut when you don't. Um, but I think it starts good if you start recognizing those things. Well, that's great. A couple things um, <clears throat> that I was thinking about. One is in the midst of this COVID crisis, the number of people I'm interacting with and interacting with myself is around this fear of getting sick and even this fear of what if I may die or somebody may die like uh, that's near to me in particular. And I was brought to this passage in Psalm 139, which is <clears throat> somewhat known to different people, but this statement of, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This is Psalm 139, 14. My soul knows it very well. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret and intricately woven in the depths of the earth. 
your eyes saw my unformed substance. And then this is the statement in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there was not one of them. This reality of God's plan has determined the number of all of our days. And this prayer for his will for my life, even when it comes to my health, is not about do I try to make myself healthy? Yes, we're supposed to do that. But this resting confidence in God really does have a will and a plan. The other thing we talked about that I think I'd like you to end on is the humanness even in Jesus' prayer in the garden. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly this kind of connects the dots to the beginning of the conversation of why is it difficult? And uh, I, I think uh, the humanness of Christ was revealed in the garden when he was looking at the cup of God's wrath for sin. And he said, can it happen another way? Can I, can I, but his response was, nevertheless, your will be done. His, he looked at it and saw it for what it was. And he didn't, he didn't act unlike a human when he looked at the weight of God's wrath. He said, I, uh, this, is, this is a problem, but nevertheless. And I suppose um, that's sort of our experience if we're thinking the best possible way we can think it. It isn't like Christ to not feel. It is not like Christ to just check it off and kind of be a robot in the response to people getting sick or dying or a culture that might be economically up in upheaval. Um, but when you face those things and they look like, oh, I don't know, the next phrase out of your mouth should be, but it's your will that I rest in. And I think it's kind of the habit of it all. And I think it goes back to a discussion on, on what it is really to pray this prayer well. It's the issue of, of, of giving up your control. When we have a tendency to be control freaks, we find our safety more in our sovereignty, quote unquote, small word versus his. Uh, it's the issue of trust, you know, and I've always thought that there's a tutorial people who are afraid need to go through in order to discover trust. And that is to just do very simple questions in your mind. Does God know? Does God know it? Whatever that is, does God know me? And then does God care? And if you get done with that tutorial, you're going to find that God does know. He does know you. He knows what you need and he really cares. And, and if you want to know how he cares, it is the first two words in this prayer, our father, right? It is, it is the father heart of God who sent his son to be pulverized for our sin. Our greatest need was covered by his love and affection for his children. And so when you're scared or are confused about whatever it is, start with that kind of that tutorial, I can trust him because he's, he's faithful. He's proved himself faithful. And there's so many different things. I mean, this, this prayer looks to me like a, a missionary prayer, right? It concludes, um, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's kind of God, like God, use me to make the earth a little bit more like heaven. So there's a response to this more than just settle my own heart. It's like, make me go and live, go bless people. It might fit a little bit with the, kind of that hashtag story of the gospel we're going to do at Easter. People are going to tell the story to a whole bunch of strangers about the power of Christ and salvation in their life. And I suppose that's kind of a way to go about fulfilling this thing. God, make me a little bit more like heaven here on earth in the way I live, the way I believe, the way I confess, and all those things. So those are some that's So good. Well, we're actually going to enter into a time where together... 
even in different homes and in different apartments, uh, we partake of the Lord's Supper together. So we encourage you right now um, to gather up what you need. So if whatever it is you have, you have something like bread and a cup of a drink, ideally some juice or if it's some wine, and pull it together and we're going to participate of the Lord's Supper here together. So we spoke today about Jesus's prayer in the garden when he cries out to the Father prior to going to the cross. And he said, Lord, if there's any other way, would you let this cup pass from me? And as you read the scriptures, this cup was the cup of God's wrath that he so loved the world, he hated what sin has done to the world. And he was gonna pour out his penalty and hatred against sin. Um, upon his son. And so Jesus was saying, I don't want the father's face turned away from me. And he prays that prayer. God, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But then he says, not my will, but your will be done, which shows us that the will of the father was to provide a way for the world to be saved, for you and I and all of us to be saved through the body and blood of Jesus. And Jesus goes to the cross. And he told us that every time we gather together, even if right now it's virtually, we should do this moment in remembrance of him. And he said, my body, which was given for you, that every time you gather together, we would eat in remembrance of him. So let us eat in remembrance of Christ giving his body. And then he said, we are to take a cup that's the cup of the new covenant in his blood, the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sins. And he said, even when you gather together, drink in remembrance of me, let us drink in remembrance of the shed blood of Christ. Now let us pray um, before we go into one more song. Father, we thank you for the body and blood of Jesus Christ, which was shed for our sin, was shed for the sin of the world. God, we thank you that even in these awkward moments of COVID-19, God, you meet us in your body and in your blood. And we do this in remembrance of you and we sing in celebration of you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.